He only oh. performed a little better than four and ten last year. Played <laughs> <laughs> at a seven and seven on, levels. Let me, just, let me just rewind what just happened. I need to compose myself. Okay, hang on. We're starting over. <laughs> Record predictions. Are we, are we paused like in the recording? I wanna... just, I'm going to edit it out later. Like... This is going to be the intro. <laughs> web.com podcast and you want to know what time it is guys we're not talking about the draft we're not talking about anything else except for our web owners and the 2020 web.com season it's the preseason special part one Mm. there's two parts this year there's two season preview two parts gigantic First time ever. We're doing a two part. We're doing each conference separately. We have we have two new teams to talk about, so could get a little bit lengthy. I think we've all been a little pent up. We have, we have a lot to say about these teams. Mm-hmm. A lot has happened in the last few months, and uh, I am extremely excited to get rolling on this because, like we were just kind of talking before we started here. With all the craziness that's happened this year and the first eight months of the year being essentially just shot to hell and completely unpredictable, at least we have web games theoretically coming up in a couple of weeks. We are going to have our 2020 season with our expansion teams and points are going to hit the board and maybe a little bit of normalcy will be returned to our lives for the remainder of the year. So that is what is at stake for web this season. <laughs> God, that just gave me the shivers. <laughs> yeah, I think I mentioned on the last podcast about like not being able to get myself psyched up, but I it's close enough now that I'm just I'm ready. Yeah. It's two weeks away. I'm pumped. Like it's almost September right now. Easy. August is almost over. Nuts. And it's whew, I'm I'm ready to be I'm ready to go. Glad that we're doing this in two parts so we don't have to worry about trying to go quick through these teams. Yeah, we can just kind of talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a good point because we have a lot to say about these teams. We've been talking about the draft and the prospects for since we started our offseason regimen. And uh, I am extremely excited to just start talking about these teams because our owners are extremely hungry with the two new teams coming in. It's a it's a whole new ball game. Nobody knows what to expect. The 2020 season is is going to be incredibly unpredictable uh, with how our just with how our games look. We we don't have non conference game of the week anymore. We we have these two teams on the schedule. Not everybody's going to be playing them twice. Not everybody's going to be, you know, playing uh, the games that they're used to playing every season. So there, there's a lot of question marks as we head in and uh, looking at the rosters, you know, we, we can make our predict our predictions like usual, but 
uh, I think that it's it's incredibly wide open, and that's really exciting. So, yeah, you could argue other than maybe the two expansion teams and Tim that every team has a case for making the playoffs at this point. It's pretty wild where we're at in Web right now. Yeah, a lot of good teams, and um, even even the teams that aren't going to probably in con- be in contention this year. Future's already looking promising for them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And adding those two teams has really brought a shot of life to the trade market with these two teams that have different motives than when you got nine of the ten yeah. teams who are like, oh, I want to buy now and try to make the playoffs this year. And you have these two teams that are really building towards next year. It's really created a lot of these nice little trades that have come through the past couple months or so. Yeah, and that's that's a huge point because I mean we we had our long process to to get these guys and to get the right guys into these spots, and we have seen that neither of them is afraid to make moves. I mean, we've seen, you know, obviously Riley has made some some pretty high profile moves to kind of reshape his team already, but you also have Colin doing the same thing now. Goes out gets Cortland mm-hmm. Sutton on draft night, oh. huge move for him. Yeah. Chris Herndon just a couple days ago coming to the squad. I mean, both of these guys are they're hungry and they're they're making moves and they're trying to get themselves right. And uh, yeah, I, I would not be shocked at all to to you know see them kind of taking some games, maybe not even being the worst team in the league. You know that that might yeah. be Tim's spot at this point with with <laughs> yeah. what he's doing over there. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, like I said, we're gonna dive into the Big Five today. Um, and we'll, we'll probably take like, maybe, maybe do the pack five next week or, you know, what does that sound good? That works. All right. So big five, we're starting, we're going top, we're going bottom to top. So, and we're going to just kind of throw Colin in there first because obviously he wasn't a part of it, uh, last season. So Colin, uh, obviously our expansion team for the big five, kind of a wild card. Nobody really knew what Mm -hmm. to expect out of him. Not, not everybody knew him. Um, and you know, kind of talked about this in the season and review his expansion draft. Thought he thought he did. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, got some really nice defensive pieces. Obviously that was kind of the, you know, the big draw of that was those teams getting their defenses straight, but, uh, kind of some sneaky offensive guys that I thought worked for him. And, you know, since that point, he had a he had a pretty good draft, uh, good draft night, picking up Cortland Sutton, uh, and then, you know, adding some of these other guys along the way, like, uh, you know, a- Alan Lazard, Chris mm-hmm. Herndon, um, and just kind of making adjustments on the defense. So what do you guys think about, Let's start with what Colin has done since getting this team. How wh- how would you grade the job that he's done so far? I I would put him firmly B B plus B range. I I loved the Cortland Sutton trade. Um, I thought nine was kind of an awkward spot for him in the draft because I mean with that team with the expansion teams pretty. Being pretty barren of talent, you'd want to kind of start with a wide receiver, long-term position, go from there. And there wasn't really an obvious pick there at nine for him to. So to be able to turn that into Corton Sutton, a young wide receiver to build around, I thought was huge. Um, another, like he didn't make many picks in the draft, but like Zach Moss is starting to turn out to look pretty good. I've heard good things about him in camp. Um, so that's looking good. 
And all in all, I was looking at his team getting ready for this, and I'm not ready to... I know he was a team that we were kind of like, oh, Colin's going to get the number one pick. Um, but I'm not ready to say that because he's got some players who I expect to like put up decent points, um, and that got changed a little bit with uh, Tyrell Williams' collarbone or whatever the hell happened to him. But looking at this team, like it's a team that can score points. Like Mostert's got should have that starting spot. Sutton, John Brown had like a really underrated year last year that I didn't realize happened. Um, he's got Herndon now. Lazard has looked good. Um, obviously, this defense has pieces that are going to make it good. So I could definitely see this team picking up like multiple wins for sure. And I'm I'm pretty excited about it. And I love what he's what he's done since the since the expansion draft. Yeah, in terms of the expansion draft, I think Riley um, probably won that, but. It took a little bit, a little bit of a Philip Lindsay incident, a little bit of something there. <laughs> oh, but wow, forgot about that of, already. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us blocked it out of our minds. Um, well, decided. <laughs> um, but I think he's sort of been figuring it out and actually putting together a solid team. The, I, I loved the Cortland Sutton trade. I feel like that's his anchor on offense right now that this team can yeah. solely build around. And then um, even the Herndon trade, that's – I mean, that guy's been hyped up more than anyone I've seen this offseason, and I can't believe Josh traded him away. Still um, only 24 was, years old, Chris Herndon. Yeah, 24. somehow. And, and I guess I see it both ways. I think it's a pretty fair trade for a second. Um, was it just second straight up? Yeah. Yeah, Frazier's so, second. Yeah, so I, I don't mind that for a team that had nothing at tight end after trading away Janu. And then you've got... Maybe the wide receiver, too, with the Packers, Lazard, John Brown, still underrated. And then top linebackers with Hicks and Watt that he got in the draft, um, even Jayon. There's a lot to, to be excited about. He picked up a bunch of – he traded away one of them, but he's still got three seconds next season. And then uh, another second in 2022 that he got from Mingo. So he's starting to stack up those picks. He's already got a solid defense. Some random guys, not really random, but like Devin Duvernay, Antonio Gandy-Golden have some upside. And, um, you know, the Bengals drafted T. Higgins, but he's probably just going to back up Auden Tate. So, just kidding a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) I don't know. Auden Auden Tate's look good. Mm -hmm. um, Those training camp reports. Everybody's a superstar (laughs) right to break out. Yeah, he's Um, got... But otherwise, yeah, I... Go ahead. I was gonna say he's got pieces too that could be mighty sexy come trade deadline time for a contender, um, like Jordan Hicks. Maybe a repeat of 2019. A team goes out yeah. and gets him for the stretch run. Aaron Donald. He's put on the trade block. I mean, these are players that, if a contender wants them, they you would expect maybe for these types of players to go for a second. So maybe he can even accumulate more seconds in, in this weird COVID draft. Yeah. I think yeah. like that defense, I mean, he he's made some deals obviously already like Bobby Wagner uh, was dealt away. Um, and you know, Jamal Adams, he traded back to Caleb eventually got that home, but uh, still, I mean, this defense looks really good. And I, that that's one thing here that I don't think we we can overlook is is how well these teams Colin and Riley made it out of that draft on the defensive end when there are you know 
at least three or four teams that are still trying to figure it out on the defensive end. You know, yeah. not not to say that they don't know what to do in those spots, but it's hard. It's getting harder to fill those spots with guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and these teams just kind of reap the benefits of, you know, not all these guys could be protected. People opted for their offensive guys. Well, now we have two teams with really good defenses um, and they are slowly kind of filling in the offense around that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And uh, even using those put like we'll talk about with Riley, but like using those players to slowly fill out their offense, which wasn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't many offensive players available to take. So slowly divvying away some of those defensive studs to get um, offensive players, which saw Colin do a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, I like, I like the philosophy that these guys are using. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Colin, you know, goes out, gets Baker Mayfield with a defensive player, mm-hmm. a lot of upside still there. Um, he's got, you know, Bryce love that, that was kind of a pick in the expansion draft that I think some people were kind of scratching their head because, you know, with, with guys and with everything going on there, uh, nobody really knew what to think about Bryce love. And suddenly here there's legitimate momentum for Bryce love, um, with obviously <laughs> Darius guys, what the hell happened okay. to him? Um, and you know, that backfield's kind of wide open, you know, Antonio Gibson, Bryce love and Adrian Peterson's still there. So maybe Bryce love ends up being kind of a steal coming out of that situation there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I completely agree with you guys. I think Colin has done a, a really good job so far, uh, in building this roster into something that's presentable that he can wheel out there week to week and, you know, He's not going to he's not going to win a ton of games but he's going to win some games for sure uh and be, you know, competitive. Um so web factors for Collins Ooh. team. Very interesting team oh, to choose a web factor. Yeah. <laughs> Lamar Jackson really took that one oh, and ran yeah. away with it last the original year. So web bringing it back, but you know, the OG web factor still Lamar Jackson but for Colin, who who do you guys think for Colin is his web factor? <sighs> I'm going to go a different route because Colin's not really looking to win this year, but I think there's still doubt within Webb about how legit Mostert was last year. I mean, obviously, I didn't put a protect on him, um, put it on Penny instead. So I think with that doubt, um, if Mostert comes out and kind of if he loses the job, that's going to be a huge hit to Collins team. But if he comes out and like proves that what he did in the end of the season and the playoffs was legit, that is a major piece that Colin has that could be um, a player that like a playoff team looks to fill maybe even just their RB too. Cause if he was just on fire at the end of last year, and if you can get a running back putting up 15 points a game, that's something that contenders, and I think especially this year with how crowded it is, are going to be looking to acquire and for a premium price. Yeah, you actually took that one right. I, I was going to pick Mostert too, just for because if he gets that value, he'll be able to be traded away. But uh, I think I'm going to go with Alan Lazard then. Um, acquired him from me, and 
for receiving core that's decent outside of well not really decent he's got Corlin Sutton but outside of that maybe looking to improve Lazard has all the opportunity to to be one of those guys that could possibly be a mainstay in the receiving core and he's looked good in camp so far like like everyone has but he's got the opportunity to be successful in Green Bay and I think he would really like to see the rewards um of trading away Jamal and hopefully Lazard puts up big numbers as someone he can keeping his offense for years to come. Yeah. Uh, Lazard was, was going to be my pick as well. I will, I'll pick someone else, but uh, <laughs> going down the line, just touch, <laughs> touching on Lazard. Like I think the, you know, whether we like it or not, the Packers didn't add any help at receiver. And so mm-hmm. that's either telling of how they feel about Lazard in that spot or that they just, didn't like any of their options, which I can't imagine is true because there were too many to pick from. (laughs) So I think maybe Lazard is, is kind of being slept on a little bit. Uh, And if, if he can be that true number two in in the Aaron Rodgers, you know, Matt LaFleur Packers offense, then that's going to be huge for Colin uh, alongside of, of Sutton. But uh, in this case, I'm going to go with a guy that I unfortunately traded away to Colin (laughs) which is Baker Mayfield because (laughs) that was a trade that, you know, just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, I obviously last year for Baker was incredibly frustrating. Um, I still have a ton of belief in the player, but for me, it was like, I'm going to upgrade, you know, I lost two safeties in the draft. So I'm going to, I'm going to get this guy that I've been, I've been targeting since he was on Parker's team, honestly, and Kevin Bayard. And I'm going to, I'm going to just trust in Watson and Locke to, to hold it down. I have a lot of faith in Drew Locke. So I was like, you know what, here you go. That trade could end up looking terrible if, if, Baker Mayfield comes back, you know, mm-hmm. that Browns offense comes alive. Baker plays up to, to his draft spot in that number one pick and becomes kind of the face for, for the Browns. And it looks even worse if we go to Superflex, <laughs> which seems <laughs> like yeah. is what's going to happen. So I think right there, what, what Baker Mayfield does this year is going to be a huge thing for Colin, a huge determining factor in kind of where his franchise goes. This is a team that was targeting Tua in the draft, uh, very firmly targeting Tua as high as nine. There, there were rumors that he was going to go Tua at nine and he got Sutton for that pick instead. That was huge. Not bad. (laughs) And so, yeah. And, and he was, I was actually, I had a trade, in place with him on draft night where I'm going to trade you 24 and you can take Tua and uh, Tua went one pick ahead to Dan. So he wanted a quarterback and he's just going to hope that Baker is, is that guy moving forward alongside of Jimmy G. So we'll see. <laughs> well, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm kind of giving up on Jimmy. It feels bad, but it's, it's weird. Like he's just kind of is he, what he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's a game manager in that offense. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's never going to put up like big points. I don't think, but like he's still like Sad. how old is he? He's not that old. He'd be like a really going on like, thirty. 
think the scoring change is just a really like he's a really good backup to have. Like just steady. Yeah. That's what he's in a, that's sort of where Jimmy Jimmy and Baker are right now. But Baker has yeah. the upside to be that starter. Like yeah. mm-hmm. Baker was being touted as like a top ten dynasty quarterback after his start, and then all of a sudden last yeah. season happened and it's <laughs> I was getting a trade off for Byron. Going into last yeah, season. Yeah. Second round picks from Tim and Parker. I'd be interested to watch the season preview from last year just to hear what we yeah. talk, said about him because yeah. it was obnoxious. Yeah, oh, hype yeah. was crazy. And now Kyler's feeling that, that hype yeah. treatment, which I think is extremely oh. justified in this case. But yeah. Yeah. I, similar. My, I'm saying it. I'm going on record right now 2021 NFL MVP, Kyler Murray. I'm saying it. Lamar. I action. I mean, maybe, but dude, I loved Ky- I love Kyler. I've loved him from the beginning, and I just have so much confidence in him and uh, what they're doing in Arizona. But I when you first started saying that, I thought you were gonna say Baker. Uh, no, I'm not ready to go that direction yet. My heart well, is speaking there, of, but no. Speaking of Kyler, uh, how about the the team that owns him? Hang on a second, Caleb. Let's just take uh, it, soon. reel it in. Oh, reel it in. I wanted the I wanted the nice transition. It I was perfect. The segue. It was transition it was, game it was, is tight, dude. Now, it's a it's a wasted <laughs> opportunity, but we <laughs> have to get a prediction. Yeah, so, <laughs> we'll start. With a tradition as old as time. How could I forget? Yeah, exactly. Right when we all guessed Josh is going to win four games, and then he almost makes the playoff. <laughs> four wins the title. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Frazier, starting with you. Colin wins and losses in his first season. All right, so taking a quick look at his schedule, he's got Riley and Tim first two weeks, so he gets a nice easy into it. I think he's going to pick up one of those. I don't know which one. Um, he plays Carter twice. Uh, also plays Calvin twice and Mingo twice for his conference double matchups. I am going to pick him to pick up... Uh, I want to say three, but I'm not quite ready to go three. I think I'm going to go two, two and 12. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to do. Um, well, while he has sort of built it up um, for, with a little few pieces that could have put up numbers, I still don't think he's quite, he's quite there. I think he's better than Tim. Maybe, yeah, I'm going two and 12. I think 2.5 is what I would put over under. Him. Yeah. I picked him I picked him two and twelve in the uh season in review and after what has happened with the draft and and everything else that he's done, the team looks a lot better than it did when I wrote that. So Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and I'm gonna say three and eleven. I think I I think three and eleven. Let's let's go, Colin. Do it for me. All right, Caleb. Now is your moment. Give me, no, give it to me. You ruined it. You oh, ruined it. It's Carter, Sorry. everybody. We're talking about Carter. Hey. So, this is, you know, obviously this is a team that we have had a certain level of affection for on this podcast over the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, going into the <laughs> 2020 season that <laughs> that's gonna be that's any a, different it's a long time ago already that was before his cinderella run that was the year before <laughs> yeah uh, well, that's true three years three years <laughs> of love for God, this team. that's crazy 
a team that has you know He's recently sticky. been in a web championship game. People forget yeah. about that. Oh. But uh, yeah, so Carter, uh, he was four and ten last year. It was a rough year for his squad. Um, but you know, there, there's a lot of young talent. That was something that we kind of, you know, talked about at length last season, um, with everything that was going on, it was like, well, it's okay. Cause he has all these young pieces that, that aren't really ready yet. Uh, but give mm-hmm. him a couple of years. And so now going into this season, 2020, I'm looking at this roster and I see a lot of promise and I'm seeing guys like Stefan Diggs, who's in a new situation in Buffalo. I'm seeing Singletary and Montgomery heading into year two, controlling the running back spots for him. And I'm seeing Michael Gallup, who is a guy that we have talked about extensively uh, for being an underrated piece and something that was to be built around. And then the Cowboys added CD. Mm-hmm. So don't really know how that's affected, but uh, impressions on this roster of young talent. Do you think that there's enough here to get himself into that conversation again, or are we not quite ready to say that yet? Like the playoff contender conversation. Yeah, I mean the eleven and three is is <laughs> obviously not going to happen again. I, was, I don't I think anybody thinking... here is going to pound the table, but. I was just thinking who I couldn't tell you a player that was on that team that made him that good. And I just don't remember any of that team. What a year, man. What a year that was. (laughs) Calais Campbell. Yeah, there you go. That's who was in the championship preview for him. Matt Ryan was in there. Tevin Mm -hmm. Coleman was on that team. (sighs) So... Yeah, looking at this team right now, I mean, we had the David Montgomery injury today. It sounds like he's going to miss like four to eight weeks, I heard. Depends. I think it depended on if he needed surgery or not. Yeah. So that's kind I don't of know, a... Because they, they said the initial report is that he got carted off, but then there was just video of him limping to the sideline. There was, <laughs> and... there was mass confusion. I think it was he walked to the sideline and then got carted the rest of the way is what happened. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> or he limped to the sideline. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah that's. I feel like that's a pretty big blow. I'm just going to look at this running back bench. Oh, it's not great. So that's, even though David Montgomery was not great last year, I feel like that's a pretty big blow to this. Any sort of chance this team would have had of being in playoff contention. Like, this wow. is a team... Yeah, I'm... I'm <sighs> Like it's there's players I like like AJ Green I feel like someone I've tried to talk to him about getting on my team. Um, it just feels like a team that if they're good it's going to turn into more of like a trade farm. Like I don't think I don't see like an actual playoff run in here. Like Singletary, I'm not sure how his camp's been going, but I I just heard rumblings about Moss. I'm assuming it's turning into like a more of a timeshare. Gallup, I don't know how that's going to go, but like I could see this team being basically what it was last year, where he kind of was a team that you're kind of scared to play against. He's got good players. Um, he can put up points at any moment, but I just don't see him being a real threat in the playoffs. I feel like he's, or for a playoff run, I feel like it's going to be one of more of those 
kind of best, better than the Tim, that crew, but I think he's going to be definitely lower end of the rest of the teams. Yeah. I look at his team and it's just like pretty decent everywhere. And like, I think a lot would, when I was looking at this team is riding on the running backs and like, yeah. these are all guys that were, were pretty highly touted coming out of college, Ronald Jones, David Montgomery. Um, I like Devin Singletary a lot, but like that he needed them to have the seasons we've been sort of waiting for at least Montgomery and Jones. And now with Montgomery having the setback, that kind of hurts that. And then Ronald Jones has apparently looked good, but like the only backup he has right now is what Keyshawn Vaughn. So mm-hmm. they're just going to be eating away at each other. Um, I don't know. And the receivers again, they're solid. Stephon Diggs is pretty good, really good. Um, don't really know what AJ Green's going to look like after the whole hiatus. McCarthy says Gallup is a wide receiver one, but they've got CD Namari there, so I don't know how exactly that's going to all play out. I think I think, uh, it, I think he specifically said they have three wide receiver ones. <laughs> yeah. So really, so, whatever. <laughs> Defensively, pretty pretty solid again. You got guys like Buddha. Uh, Eric Kendricks, Christian Kirksey could have a big role with the Packers. I just don't see how this team is really getting any better than last season outside of maybe Dan Arnold. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, he's got – he had a good draft. I think he had a really good draft. Jalen Rager, Brandon Ayuk, KJ Hamler. I just don't know how those guys are going to make an impact right away, which yeah. you kind of need them to, to be, be a contender. So – with Carter, I'm kind of just – I'm thinking we're going to see more of the same that we had last year. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I liked his his draft. Obviously, not having a first-round pick and still landing Jalen Rager was a huge, yeah. huge yeah. win for this for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that right there kind of made his draft night. Uh, liked some of his other picks. Getting Buda Vaughn a- at the – Buddha was a trade that he made too. This yeah. Off season from Riley. Yep. So adding, you know, the NFL's new highest paid safety, one of the most underrated guys in the league, I would say, and just mm-hmm. perennially great IDP uh, Buddha Baker has been, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree because I don't, I just, I don't see a ton of upside on this, on this roster for, for this season. And I think maybe even, where you know some of these guys looked really promising, like the Singletary, Montgomery, Gallup, that kind of core that he had. Even even those guys are now kind of maybe taking a step back all at the same mm-hmm. time, and that's kind of unfortunate to see for him. But, uh, you know, it's to be seen how some of these uh, new additions that he has kind of show out the the Ayuk pick at two three that's one that you know kind of splits people and not everybody's an IU guy but but he's in a favorable situation in San Fran and was a first round pick and landed him in the second round so that was huge Hamler obviously crowded there in Denver but he's I mean I saw a video of him like shattering somebody's ankles in the in Broncos <laughs> yeah. camp so who knows um but yeah I I I 
I want to be optimistic for him, but it just it doesn't look great to me. I mean, three of his four wins last season, he scored under the week average for that week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, he, he didn't have many bright moments. He did have a week high somehow. I, I don't know when where that <laughs> came out of, but um. No, I'm 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 gonna agree. Uh, I don't think this is gonna be a a Cinderella season again for for Carter in any regard. And it and it's tough because he doesn't have a first this year yeah. or next year. So mm-hmm. like, That's... it's gonna be tough to really build anything. Like he's gonna have to hope these receivers he drafted really pan out. And if the running backs aren't working out, like he's gonna have to trade some of those guys or something because. It's going to be, or he's going to be trying to find a running backs. I mean, he only has a, what, a third and a fourth next year. So I don't know. It's going to be tough to really put together a roster um, without those firsts. But uh, yeah. All right. His wide receiver room, I, I like it again. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's a lot. He's got a lot of like names. You should maybe turn yeah. this into something. Well, how about <laughs> this one? How about kind of, web factor like, for this team? Yeah. How about that? Let's start with yeah. let's start with there. Who's the guy on this squad that that stands out to you as this is the guy right now? I'll go last since I stole some last time. <laughs> you Caleb, go you or, want me to go? We can just go down the line. You can do first next time, I guess. Okay. Um, all right, so I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. Talked about it earlier. I thought the running backs really need to, to produce for him to be successful this season. They're kind of riding on it. And Ronald Jones is interesting. He's going into year three now. They they bring in Brady. They bring in Gronk. Uh, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third or fourth. So uh, some people thinking he might replace Rojo or usurp him. But... I feel like we were all sort of on the same page with Keyshawn. Like, Webb was maybe way too low on him. But Rojo has the opportunity to be successful in this offense. Um, it's going to be the best offense. Well, more most successful offense. Maybe it won't put up the numbers. But if Rojo can finally put it together, that would be huge. Because I know Carter's a big Rojo guy. And it's he's been ha- – well, I don't know if he's been hanging on to him. Um, has he had him? Did he draft? Rojo, was that a thing? He did, but I think he's traded him and gotten him back twice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those cases. So he keeps coming back. And if 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 Ronald Jones doesn't do it this year, it's not gonna happen. Very Devontae Parker esque for Ronald Jones (laughs) on this team. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, if if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think it's gonna happen. So either he, he finally puts it together and maybe he's the guy for Carter for the next couple of years, or he, it, I think it's probably over. Yeah. I like in terms of pure web factor, like I don't want to say Kyler Murray. Cause I think that Kyler is, is kind of an undoubted, you know, that's like the, the major shining spot for this team. Like Kyler Murray's expected breakout is going to be huge for this team moving forward. But a guy that I'm like, this is going to make or break this team (laughs) is Jalen Reger. Because 
if Jalen Reger does the things that a certain number of people believe that he can do, the, the, the types of things that was putting him into the conversation in the mid-first in, in a loaded draft class, if he can break out and be a superstar in Philly where there is just unlimited opportunity to, to take the reins there, that's going to be massive because this team looks way different if Jalen Reger is a superstar heading into 2021. If he has Diggs, Reger, Gallup, I mean, maybe Gallup ends up somewhere else. Even, uh, even like Preston Williams, kind of forgot to talk about him, yeah. but like he had a great, uh, before he got hurt, he was looking fantastic. Yep. Preston Williams, another another wide receiver, KJ Hamler, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, the, this wide yeah. receiver room is loaded. A ton of upside. With upside, exactly. And Curtis Samuel is still there, still <laughs> waiting for that. Maybe this is the year. I don't know. But uh, I think Reger, what he does this year, how his rookie campaign goes, that's going to be very telling of the direction that this franchise is going to want to head in uh, going into next season. Because if Reger is, you know, has kind of a a down season doesn't really take hold of, of that opportunity that he has in Philly. It's there's just not a lot going on here that I'm going to be excited about moving forward. Mm -hmm. I, it's just, it's there's a lot of people that I feel like had more value last year at this time than they do now. And that's kind of concerning to me, but if, if he can hit on rigor and, and some of these other guys that he picked up and drafted, that's going to, kind of give this team that boost back to okay we have we have a lot of promise here so all right that was a good one I, i'm gonna go with the one who you said you weren't gonna pick thank you well, at least i wanted <laughs> him to be represented i just i didn't right. want to do it yeah i feel like after dubbing lamar the web factor last year i feel like kyler could be a possible heir to the throne here and if Kyler can take like a step forward like Lamar did and become like a super duper quarterback star with the new scoring changes that we got coming, if he can become like a 30 point game guy, even if Carter's the rest of Carter's team kind of struggles, that's something that could cover up like a lot of flaws. Like we saw with Josh with Lamar last year where he's stream, he's streaming tight ends the whole year. He's got other holes at running back throughout the year. Um, and that's like, if you can get 30 points out of Kyler, that's something that can kind of erase some of those struggles on a week to week basis. Like Caleb said, this team doesn't have a first for the next two years. He's trying to just win every game. There's no hope for losing because you don't have your first. I feel like if Kyler takes that step forward, that's something that can bridge him to that 2023 year. Once he starts getting his first back and then hopefully he can kind of fill in the rest of the team. At that point, maybe some of his wide receivers take a step forward. But I think Kyler is the kind of thing that can keep this team out of the basement for these next couple years where he's just feeling down on himself for trading his firsts. Um, last thing you want to see is him get like the first overall and not have it. But yeah, if Kyler can become like a 30-point game guy like, like Lamar did, that would be huge for this team. 
As long as he doesn't trade his 2023 20, first before <laughs> the season or something like that. <laughs> I love Kyler, man. That's that's going to go, as far as I'm concerned, that's going to go down as one of the biggest steals in the draft ever. Getting Kyler at the end of the oh, second. I tried to trade up for him. I know. There was so much buzz in that, like when, when people were like, wait, we, we want Kyler. It's mid second. Mm-hmm. Carter stole him away. Got him. All right. Record predictions for Carter. He was 4 and 10 last season. All right. Let's take a look at his schedule. He's got uh, Colin, Dan, and Calvin for his double matchups. Four and ten last year. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five and nine. I'm anticipating a few trades of some win now players going to other teams. Okay, I'm gonna go four and ten. I just don't know how. I don't know if this team is gonna improve as much as he's hoping it will. I had I had him pegged at five and nine in the season in review, and honestly, I feel like some of his guys in the starting lineup have lost value since that point. I I'm gonna go with four and ten. I'll, I'll say four and ten for Carter. All right, moving on to the team that ended up with the first overall pick on draft night. <laughs> yeah. What a ride that was. Kelvin taking hold of that, the newly branded Badger running back club. He shocks the web universe and trades Saquon, acquires the number one overall pick and and two additional firsts. And I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to like look at this team because it looks really fucking good. <laughs> it's like well, so they look weird. The yeah, I mean, okay, the, yeah, the de- the defense needs a little bit of help. He adds Xavier McKinney into there. He's got some other guys here. I mean, it's it's not great, but this <laughs> offense. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like he has so many guys that are getting like the sleeper treatment where it's just like, you want to own this guy going into this yeah. season. Like, he's got Hayden Hurst. He's got Kelvin Ridley. He has Josh Jacobs now. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like he really kind of trades Saquon, and yet you look at his team and you're like, wait, this team looks pretty good. <laughs> like, what, what do you guys think about, about Kelvin? This is one of those teams that I've monitored since I was 2022 first, and it's just, it's so weird. I just can't, it's like such a mid-pack team right now, and it's like he's always got good running backs, which is like, those couldn't lead to wins, which means... That you could never really count him out from a playoff spot because he's got he's got Josh Jacobs, RB one his first year, Melvin Gordon still talented, James Conner still a lead back on a good offense, um, Jonathan Taylor now and like his receivers, 
after trading AJ Brown, I was like, oh, these receivers are awful, but now makes a trade for Amari Cooper. Still got Calvin Ridley, quietly has Tyler Boyd. I don't really know how he ended up with him. <laughs> but it's like decent. He's getting Hayden Hurst. If he takes some of Hooper's stats, like that's a good spot. But like Caleb said, this defense is disgusting. <laughs> and <It's> so bad. <laughs> McKinney like, is yeah, out. At least he, he added he added Corey Littleton. So yeah. I think that was that was like he got Corey Littleton and Tyler Boyd from Josh for what, what was it? God, I don't even um, remember that. Jarvis trade. Landry. Oh yeah. So yeah, dressed one spot. Xavier McKinney is like out for the year now or something, or like ten weeks or something like that. So I didn't top... even know that. That's <laughs> that happened crazy. Either. That happened what today, did... I think. Oh jeez. <laughs> He's on the IR. Foot fracture. Wow. So yeah, yeah. He's got two defensive players. You don't have teams on his bench. Like don't have real teams. <laughs> okay. So let me just interject <laughs> about that. Uh, last season, last season, Logan Ryan was unbelievably <laughs> dominant as a mm-hmm. cornerback in a DB yeah. spot. Guy was criminally undervoted in the defensive player of the year voting. <laughs> you were very vocal about that. I, I mean, that. look at his numbers. He was look the top he, DB. Nobody like by, knows. By far. Nobody understands what Logan Ryan did last season. And then all of a sudden you look at it and you're like, wait a minute. What did he do? This guy was fucking pumping points for this team. And he is not on an NFL team right now. Now he doesn't have a team. That's why no one gave a shit. So that's 10 points (laughs) a week off of this team. Yeah, that's anyway. That's like the craziest way to just lose like a huge part of your lineup is just hey this guy that was scoring 10 points a game for me is not on an nfl roster <laughs> and not by his own choice <laughs> yeah like there's there can be some bad like like when carry or like when the lions drafted swift or the broncos mm-hmm. added gordon like Lindsay and carry on took value hits but like going from from that to just nothing like you don't see that very often it's brutal as far as i know there's no like injury that's like yeah. weird. Like Cam had, I just don't know. Well, Sixteen days ago, he says he views himself as a safety rather than a quarter cornerback going forward. And yeah, there's been no news since, and the season is going to start soon. It's wild. He's twenty nine. <laughs> ah, but yeah, defense overall, I think it's really going to hold this team back. Maybe you see this become an inconsistent team, like we kind of talked about last year, where. A good defense provides that consistency yeah. on a week-to-week basis. Maybe that becomes an issue. But yeah, this the offense is good. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. And like Mingo said, I feel like he has all those guys that are getting hyped this offseason. Like Calvin Ridley's been getting all this talk. Josh Jacobs, Boyd Hurst, and then you've still got like like talented running backs. Like if. If James Conner can stay healthy, that's a guy who should be started every week. Melvin Gordon, maybe. Uh, Jonathan Taylor chilling on the bench. Like, there's a lot of talent in the running back room. And I'm wondering if, and even in the receiver, like, you still got Justin Jefferson, Sterling Shepard, you don't know. Um, I'm just wondering if he's going to trade 
either one of these really good guys and then just try to cash in on a few defensive players or if he's just going to try to ride the waiver wire on defense. But I feel like it's going to be tougher now that we got the two added teams to just pick up startable defensive assets. So I feel like he's going to have to address it because he literally has like the, the, it's just a mess right now. Yep. And I, I mean, I thought Justin Jefferson, that was a a great pick for him uh, where he got him at 12. Um, Just absolute steal. I I think Jefferson's going to be like, Wide receiver two for many, many years. Kind of like his, I, my comp for him is Keenan Allen. Yeah. And I think he could be that same type of player that's like, you don't really hear about him a lot in Minnesota, but he's always just there doing really good things for them. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he, he's a guy to monitor kind of this season. I don't, I don't know where. You know that production yeah, I, is going to be for him maybe. this year, but we'll we'll see with with Diggs gone now. But um, yeah, I really like this offense. He adds Amari Cooper. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs is one of the most promising young running backs in the NFL right now. Loses Saquon, but adds JT. Kind of a you know, if Jonathan Taylor can can do the things that people expect him to do in Indianapolis in that offense. I mean, he's not going to be Saquon, but he's going to be recovering a lot of that weekly value. And he added two additional firsts, which are, you know, huge for this team where he's still kind of trying to go over that last hump that he needs to go over as a franchise. Before that trade, he had, he had no first till 2023. So now he's got those back. And he's quietly been stacking up these third-round picks for uh, 2021, so maybe he's looking to reload on the defense in 2021 with those picks. That would be smart, but it's still, like, I think he has his playoff potential this season, but if he doesn't address the defense this year, I don't don't think it's going to happen. One thing I want to touch on before we get into the web factor for this team is we haven't talked at all about the A.J. Brown trade. And I think that is something where a lot of people in web were kind of left confused by that because he had such a great promising young wide receiver that he got in a favorable position, the eight spot in last year's draft looks like a home run and he, he trades him away. What what did you guys think of that trade? Did I mean, where do you think Calvin's mind was at when he made that trade? I guess that's kind of the question. I didn't like it at the time. I still don't like it. Uh, I just well, at least thought he got Jefferson out of it. Yeah, I, mean, I can. I could see it ended ending up not bad. I just feel like he could have got more at the time. No, like what? What is Robbie Anderson like? Robbie Anderson's in Carolina now. Like, yep. are we thinking of a big season for him or something? I, I just don't know because they got they got so. DJ and they got Curtis Samuel. Yeah, he's. I just don't just, really know. Yeah, it's not someone I'm like expecting anything yeah. out of, especially if I'm trading for him. I'm just kind of like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I so, I mean I guess my my philosophy here is that he had 
this guy who was is being viewed as one of the most promising wide receivers in dynasty right now. He mm-hmm. has all of these other supremely talented young offensive pieces. We're talking about a team that could have very rapidly turned into a contender in web. And I will say, you know, hindsight will serve us with the, you know, how Justin Jefferson's career plays out in comparison to AJ Brown. Cause I think Justin Jefferson is incredibly talented and could have this type of a career as well. But yeah. just, you know, at that moment, I just, it was very shocking. And, you know, Riley mm-hmm. obviously reaped that benefit of getting a, you know, young stud wide receiver, but um, yeah, I just, I, I wanted to touch on that. I, I was, you know, AJ Brown was his team MVP in the season in review, just seemed like a bona fide cornerstone piece for this team moving forward. But, yeah. um, I will say that in the context of the other moves he made this off season after that, it looks a little less bad just as far as his team structure, um, yeah. with the, picking Justin Jefferson and then making the Amari Cooper trade. Like, it's not like it's going to kill his 2020 team. Like mm-hmm. he's still going to get good wide receiver production. Yep. Trading Amari. It's just, it's one of those things. He was just all of a sudden traded that one day. And I think most of the league was like, Oh wait, what? I would have traded available. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd have given you more yeah, than that. He was one of those guys where I just figured he was just a cornerstone on Calvin's team with Saquon and, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know that's that's kind of a side note about about Webb is I think we've seen some of those trades recently where you know guys that we don't think are available end up being traded. Yeah. Chris Godwin comes to mind. You know, yeah. there. I guess that it's kind of one of those things now where I have kind of you know just adapted to you know if there's a guy that I like, I'm just gonna ask about him because yeah. I don't think the days of people being untouchable are you know. I, I don't think that's going to be the the norm anymore. I think a lot of for a lot of years it was like, well, I have a really good young player now. I'm not trading him, but I think we're seeing an openness to reap the benefit of those guys and and add multiple assets into the fold. Yeah. Um, so just just a side note there, but uh, web factor for Kelvin's team 2020. What do we got? Caleb, start first. us off, yeah. No, you. I'm, Me? You're I'm up? Yeah, I you're up. We're doing, we're just rotating. I'm, I'm looking oh, at my screen. I forgot. I forgot. Well, I guess I'm going first, and, oh, man. Web factor, I think, I think there's a couple of really good options here. I'm going right. to go with, man, I'm, I'm going to go with Kelvin Ridley. Uh, I think the you know the, obviously the two Falcons here are the guys where you got your eye on them for for this type of a conversation. But Ridley is a player that I loved coming out of college. I mean, there was a lot of you know that you know he's old. He's an older prospect. Talk, whatever. I I liked him more than DJ Moore as a prospect. Um, thought he was incredibly technical. And thought it was a great fit in Atlanta. And now he's kind of, you know, entering that that third season 
this is his moment where you know Julio is you know getting older. He's he's a robot, a cyborg, but he's he is getting older. And this might be Ridley's opportunity now to show that he has what it takes. So if he does that, if he takes that step, becomes that type of a player, and now we see this Cooper and Ridley with the Boyd and the running backs, that that looks great. Um, but, you know, if, if Ridley kind of stays where he's been the last two years and doesn't take that expected step, then, you know, maybe this ends up being you know maybe maybe kelvin ridley isn't going to be that player but so i I think a lot rides on his success this year and if he does have a good year that that could be huge for this offense which could be one of the top scoring offenses in the entire league would not be surprised all right i'm going to shift over to running backs and i am going to single out melvin gordon as his web factor so after trading Saquon, you have Josh Jacobs as his RB1. Should be a solid, just like expecting to be around RB10 overall. But then I think you got three question marks. You got Melvin Gordon, James Conner, both had off years last year. And then you have Jonathan Taylor. He's a rookie. You just never know what you're going to get out of a rookie. And I think with Melvin Gordon, this was the player that Calvin traded for at his first ever web draft that he attended. It was a big <laughs> splash last year. He's had him for a year. It hasn't <laughs> looked good since then. <laughs> but if he can get Melvin to capture some of that magic, like this is a guy, I, w- I was talking with Tim this week. This is a guy that two years ago, I was making obnoxious offers for to try and add him to my team for, for mm-hmm. the playoffs, like Melvin Gordon, like at least two firsts plus. If he can recoup some of that and become that player again, and there's really no reason to for him not to be that type of player yet. I mean, he moved teams, but he's, he's still got opportunity here. Um, if he can become that player... Then we're talking about Calvin with these running back duos again that we had talked about on these last two years, even though he traded Saquon. All of a sudden, he's still got Josh Jacobs, Melvin Gordon. And if one of James Conner, Jonathan Taylor pans out this year, then he's got a triple-headed running back threat that should lead to a lot of wins. Um, so I'm going with Melvin Gordon for Cal. All right. Uh, last one. I am going to go with... Hmm. There's a, there's a few options here. Like like we talked about earlier, there's there's a lot of guys getting hype. I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd. This is a guy who's had a few thousand-yard seasons already in his career. Um, and he's finally going to have a quarterback throwing to him. That um, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow. I think he's sort of going to have that Justin Jefferson role that they had in the LSU offense. And I think he's really going to reap the benefits, odds are. And I was going to pick a running back, but the receiver, his receiver position isn't quite as deep as running backs. I feel like if James Conner gets hurt, like he'll still have Melvin in there or JT steps up. But like after Boyd, you're going to be hoping for, for Robbie Anderson, Sterling Shepard, or Justin Jefferson, who haven't really proved a whole lot yet. Um, so I'm thinking he's, for this wide receiver three spot on his team, Tyler Boyd's going to need to step up and uh, 
I, I think he can do it with Burrow at quarterback. I feel like he's going to be a little safety blanket for him in that offense. And he's still pretty young. He's put up good numbers. And maybe maybe he takes that next step this year to sort of get into that wide receiver two, possibly wide receiver one range. Just depends where Joe Burrow like, wants to throw the football. Record predictions for this Calvin squad that finished four and ten last season. Hmm. Good offense, bad defense. <laughs> Analysis. Uh, <laughs> history. History of finishing seven and seven. <laughs> Feels like it's going to be seven and seven for <laughs> Give me the return to form. Seven and seven. Wow. I had this team pegged at four and ten in the season in review, and he has since traded Saquon Barkley, so I'm not really sure why I'm giving him more wins now, but I'm going to. And I am going to say six and eight for Calvin. Just misses that seven and seven mark. Moving on. This is where it gets a little spicy. Because we are on Parker. Now, this is a team that finished 7-7 seven and seven last season. A little bit of an up-and-down year for him. Um, you know, hasn't been in the playoffs in a couple of seasons. You know, he is dying to return to uh, the place where he used to wreak havoc in the league. Mm-hmm. And... I like this roster a lot heading into this season. A lot. Yeah. And I I think this is going to be one of the stories of the season. Yeah. I was talking with Dan at poker and we both were like, Hey, Parker's roster. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I like it. (laughs) Where did that come from? And then I remembered, like, we were kind of hyping this team up at the beginning of last year, weren't we? Like, he had, yeah, we he'd made that Odell trade. And then all of his wide receivers kind of either get Odell, kind of shit the bed. Devontae was hurt. Uh, Hopkins was kind of his only steady one. Kind of RB2 spot kind of killed him. Performed a about at the same level as Calvin, who was a four and ten team, so just a kind of a disappointing year. But he gets Carter's first, ends up being high, turns into Ceh, who is like the chosen one when it comes to rookies, and all of a sudden this RB two spot turns from a weakness to like he might have one of the best RB twos in the league. And yeah, if his wide receivers, yeah, if his wide receivers bounce back, we're talking one of the best lineups in the league. Plus he pairs it with like a really good defense that he's been kind of investing assets into the last few years quietly. Um, Yeah. This roster is like, I'm not sure about the bench. It's a little sketchy, but the starting lineup is one of the more desirable starting lineups in web right now. I think. No, I completely agree that um, his roster, I don't know what happened, but is it you just add CEH and all of a sudden it looks good? I'm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but Well, okay. Like, uh, this this is kind of what I want to say here because I'm looking sure. at the season in review and I'm looking at, you know, this is post-nuke trade. So he already mm-hmm. did that. That was already done. Yeah. He 
we already knew that Clyde was going to be the pick at two if he wasn't the pick at one. That was already a thing when I wrote this because it's in there. And yet I'm still looking at this and I picked him to be six and eight. And I'm looking at his starting lineup and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because this starting lineup is unbelievable. But then I'm starting to remember that at that time it was, you know, what's wrong with Odell? Is he a player anymore? Is he done? Well, then you find out he had a serious injury all of last season. And now everybody's like, oh, okay, we expect Odell to be really good again next season. Mm-hmm. Juju wild card player. I mean, I love Juju and I, you know, I don't I didn't even know that there were people that didn't think he was that good, but I found that out after I traded him. <laughs> uh so apparently there's people that think he's not a good wide receiver. I think he's incredible. So this wide receiver core to me now just like I I love this a lot. I mean, Devonte Adams is like the fucking wide receiver one for some people in dynasty. And Clyde and Nick Chubb, that's incredible. Add Russ, add Mark Andrews, and you have one of the best starting offenses in the league. Jump to the defense, drafts Patrick Queen, slots him in beside Devin White, who's you know one of the best linebackers already in the league. Man, I, I'm scared of this yeah. team. More than yeah, I was in summer, apparently. It was that the renewed optimism in Juju and Odell, like you said. And plus, since then, we knew he was getting CEH. But then there was always that doubt with CEH of how much work he was going to get. But then with Damian Williams <laughs> opting out, yeah, all of a sudden CEH is like a full go. Parker's got two RB1s loaded up with this wide receiver core. And yeah, it's just been a lot of like good chess pieces kind of or dominoes falling for Parker these last few months and and even Russell Wilson getting the quarterback's point boost for a guy who's a top five quarterback almost every year that's big um I'm a little worried the depth on the off- offensive side like do we trust James White as like a flex guy this season I don't know what's going on in the New England backfield and then like after the starting those three receivers you're going to be hoping for Corey Davis to have, a, have his year. Uh, Dean Westbrook, Emmanuel Sanders, and that's pretty much it. So, I mean, yeah, the the depth is brutal. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. It's, there, there's no depth at, at the running back for wide receiver, but tight end. I mean, he's got he's already got Mark Andrews, and then you've got Hawkinson, um, who's got a ton of upside, and then Gasecki, who's starting to get that hype train going too. So, I think he's got he's pretty much set at tight end for the for the extended future but the running back and receivers are a little and honestly i don't really know how many how many defensive players does he have it's not eh, that's not it's it's flashy it looks good i think the his tight end situation is gonna open up some doorways for him to fill in some of these other spots because you're gonna have if i'm you know, five teams in the league right now, I'm going to Parker and I'm like, Hey, you want to give me any one of these? Cause I'll take them. I mean, these are guys that are, you know, Hawkinson is insanely undervalued right now. I feel like in web because mm-hmm. he was the, he, he was a first round pick high draft capital in web 
comes out, has a huge debut game, then kind of deals with some injuries, whatever, whatever. It was a rookie tight end season. This guy is a monster. He's going to be a monster. Everybody thought that going into last season, he's entering year two. All of the reports out of camp are that he's unstoppable, which, I mean, I completely believe that because there's no reason that this guy should have fallen off the radar like he did. And honestly, I'm a little bit upset at myself because I had an opportunity like, in the spring to, to add Hawkinson, there was a deal on the table. Yeah. And now I'm like kicking myself for that because I'm like, what was I doing? Like this guy's value is going to just skyrocket. I I'm telling you right now, this is somebody needs to go to Parker and pick six. Exactly. And he had like, he got hurt, but that was it. He looked good when he was playing. So, yeah, I mean, the problem with that is that Parker knows what he's got now, and he knows that he doesn't have any urgency to make like starting lineup across the board is solid. So, as of the start of the season, he doesn't have the urgency to make a trade. So, he can just sit back and just watch Hawk start to just yeah. dominate the NFL, and all of a sudden, I mean, there's tight end scarcity in Web, even more so with 12 teams. And one of these teams that's trying to make a playoff push that has a weak tight end situation is going to get desperate, probably. Well, some Parker swoops in with Hack and gets a haul. Well, and I mean, I'll be quite honest. I think that Hawkinson is the one that's going to emerge from this group. That's going to be his starter. And all of a sudden, Mark Andrews or Gasecki, and Gasecki's honestly the guy right now where you're floating his name because he's, you know, he's yeah. got the hype. He's got that year three tight end status. You know, this is his breakout year. And if he doesn't break out now, then we're kind of like, okay, well, maybe it's not it. Maybe there's a team that, that buys into him. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan. If I didn't have two really good tight ends, I'd be asking about him. but sick break. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, this this team is is just all of a sudden kind of slapped me across the face and like, hey, this is going to be a problem for you in the Big Five this season. Um, you know we talked about James White, if we can trust him in the flex spot. Maybe he doesn't trade a tight end. Maybe he gets the old double tight end flex going. Let's go. Yeah, there, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the move. Championship teams are, are built off of the double... The double tight end flex, you know, it's proven. in 2013, <laughs> yep. Dan, Frazier. Yep, it's a fax. 2017, uh, I don't know, that kiddo wasn't good that year. I don't think I won with the kiddo <laughs> oh, ground combo. Just pretend. <laughs> just pretend. All right, well, after all of that, we've established that this team is, is looking really promising. So who is the guy, who is the web factor that's going to determine if Parker gets back to the postseason for the first time since 2016. Ooh, it's been a while. All right. I think that's me first. I'm going to pick Odell. The guy he traded three first for last year. I think it would be huge, huge for this team to get some value out of those three firsts. Um, if he gets Odell, back normal not injured Odell 
that can be that top five wide receiver that he was those first three years in the league. Odell also hasn't been good since 2016. Maybe it's just destiny that Hunter and Odell arrive at the same time again. But if Odell's a top five wide receiver, he's already got Devontae. He's got those two great running backs. It's tough to see that roster, in that case, not making the playoffs. All right. I am going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster, another guy. Uh, He had a big rookie season. Last year, out of the little injuries, um, obviously Big Ben got hurt, and it was god-awful after that. But we know what this guy can do. And with Big Ben back, I feel like he should return to form. Maybe, I don't know if Deontay Johnson is going to eat into some of that, or maybe some people are hyping up Chase Claypool. But uh, I think getting this receiving core back to form, you said with Odell, I think he needs Juju to take that. Uh, to take that leap back to where he was his rookie season and uh, produce. Because there's not much, after, like I said earlier, there's not much wide receiver depth after that on his team. So he needs his top guys to do well, and Juju's one of those. Yeah, there's there's a lot of picks here. Um, Hawkinson is a good one. I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because... I feel like that is truly the driving force for this team. If if the if the hype is is true and we see this guy come out and be the guy in that offense and put up the points that would be associated with that in, you know, Kareem Hunt fashion, then this is all systems go for this team. This offense is is primed to to make a push for the playoffs undoubtedly if he gets that kind of production now if you know if if some of this is getting out of control and they're you know using some other guys and and maybe this maybe he's not what everybody's saying that he is then there's some question marks because you know he doesn't have much after that sony michelle guys like that you're not really counting on them so this is going to be huge for him. If he can get that kind of production, that's going to be a huge factor in, in how he finishes this season. And speaking of that, how do we think Parker is going to finish this season after a 7-7 seven and seven campaign last year in which he uh, heartbreakingly missed the playoffs yet again? All right, so I took a look at his schedule. He has... Both Mingo and Dan twice. So a little bit screwed on the schedule. I was debating between nine and eight, and I went ended up going with eight, knowing that schedule factor. So I'm going to eight and six for Parker. I am also going eight and six. I think I think this t- it, it's yeah, right in that eight nine range. That schedule doesn't help. And I'm worried if if one of these guys gets hurt, that he's not going to have the depth to cover up some of those spots. And I really should have picked CEH as the web factor. I guess I've, I've sort of bought into the whole him being an automatic thing as well. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really think about it, but he is pretty screwed if if CEH doesn't come out of the gates hot. And it's the first game of the season, so we'll find out pretty quick what we think. Um, but yeah. yeah, eight and six. Yeah, I I mean if, if he has to deal with any injuries, it's going to be very challenging for him as it sits. 
if he doesn't go out and make some moves. But just looking at the team as it is right now, I think definitely is going to be in that conversation. Uh, and I will agree eight and six for Parker. All right, moving on. We have a team that getting a lot of buzz this off season. He's kind of, you know, DK Metcalf's biceps really kind of running a campaign right now to position himself as, you know, the, the best team in the big five. He's, he's trying to kind of show that this is his conference again. And, you know, after what he did last season, again, I don't know if I can argue with him anymore. <laughs> what do we think about Dan? Is this, uh, is this team going to, you know, we're, we're not talking about any more one in five, one in six runs. We're talking about how good is this team going to be. So what do you guys think? Oh, he's back. It's scary. <laughs> this lineup is scary. Um, look through those those first five players. You see Mahomes, Saquon, Henry, Tyree, Chris Godwin. It's like, oh god, how how he finagled Godwin from Josh yeah. is always going to be something that haunts me. Um, how he finagled. Saquon from Calvin. It's always going to be <laughs> something that haunts me. But I don't even really know where my train of thought is going right now. This this lineup is the starting lineup is pretty gross. Um, I know he tried to trade Derrick Henry last year to multiple people and couldn't. And now we're all left to face the Saquon Derrick Henry tandem yeah. together. He's got Kenyon Drake. A lot of people think he's going to score a lot of points. The wide receiver core. Still, like, he's got that good top-end talent with Tyreek and Godwin, but I think this is where the weakness lies because Tyreek, I think he's already had, like, a hammy issue this year. Am I? Did I misread that? Or I feel like I saw that, that he had a some sort yeah, of minor injury so. already. Yeah. Like, there's injury issues there. Godwin has the Tom Brady factor. He's not in the same situation he was last year. How is that going to go for him? Who knows? So I think if there's a weakness, it's there. But other than that, this the starting lineup is pretty gross. Plus, it's Dan. He's always going to have good bench. He's Duke putting that work in. But yeah, it's he's, yeah he's back. I yeah it's it's pretty disgusting. Um, like you said a little bit, I guess. The receivers may be the weakness because uh, we, we think DK might have a big season, but we don't know. And then after that, all he has is uh, Hollywood, Will Fuller, and Dante Pettis on his bench mm-hmm. for receivers. So who knows what Dante is going to He might be thrown in some opportunity, but don't really know. Will Fuller, he's uh, Sammy Watkins reincarnated. So he, if he's playing, he might, he might put up a lot of points, but you don't know. And then I feel like Hollywood's sort of gotten forgotten about. I think he could be in store for a pretty good season, but it's just those guys on the bench afterwards, after those top three. So I don't know. But otherwise, you know, he looks like he's stocking up on quarterbacks. He's he's got Mahomes and then Daniel Jones, Cam Newton, and then went out and got two on Herbert. So 
think he might be preparing for a super flex already. And really outside of that, the, I mean, the defense got pretty decimated from the expansion draft. And we all sort of knew that was going to happen, but he's still got guys like Daniel Hunter, Miles Garrett on the defensive line. Um, I mean, yeah, it, after that, it gets a little tougher because he lost all of like Tremaine Edmonds, Roquan, all of that. But it's Dan, so I'm sure he has a plan. And he drafted Isaiah Simmons, got Kyle Duggar. Um, so there's still upside on the bench for the defense, but that could be a weakness as well. Yep, I agree with all that. I think you know the acquisition of Miles Garrett kind of flies under the radar with some of these other moves that he's made. Um, but the the combo of Daniil Hunter and Miles Garrett is easily the best in the league at those positions. So while he did lose a considerable amount of talent on his defense, he does he does still have that to boast uh, in those spots. And yeah, the I mean the offense is is rebuilt. I mean we were we were talking about you know should this team consider just throwing it in yeah. and 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 you know, so, building around oh some of these young players, <laughs> Hollywood, DK, you know, stuff like that. And now one year later, it's like he has Saquon, he has Chris Godwin and uh, yeah, Pat Mahomes with a, with a quarterback scoring boost. Now it's, it's scary stuff, but I do think some of the things you guys said are, are, you know, they're real. You know, he, the, the, we don't know what DK is going to look like this year. We don't really know, you know, what that wide receiver three spots going to be. Is that going to be DK all year? Is he going to be fluctuating between Hollywood and Will Fuller and some of these guys? Uh, I mean, that's we're, we're nitpicking at this point. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, trying to find somewhere where this offense could be vulnerable. But um, yeah, I, I mean, we're, Let's bring it on, Dan. We're we're gonna go at it this season. It's gonna be it's just battle of the big five for us, and I'm ready for it. So, uh, well, of all of these, of all these guys, I'm looking at right now and getting kind of sad. Uh, web factor for Dan. What do what do we think? Am I up? Yep. Okay. I am. I am going to go with. I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake. Um, the guy has been talked a lot about a lot this offseason. He showed flashes last year when he got the opportunity when David Johnson went off the deep end. Um, he's That offense is going to be a lot better this year, I think. And he's, he's supposed to be the guy to do it. There was an injury scare already, I believe. So I'm not sure how – I don't think it's that serious, but like something to monitor. Um, but I, I guess I, I didn't really bring it up before, but the running back depth, I should really mention is, is non-existent after those guys. Cause it's literally just Justin Jackson. So if, uh, if Kenyon Drake doesn't pan out or he gets hurt, um, could get weird at running back. I like, guess obviously got the top two, but after that, there's not really much there. So I think he's going to lean on a, on a so- at least a solid season out of Kenyon Drake where he can plug and play if he has to. Um, but if, if Drake puts up these big numbers that people are projecting, this offense is even scarier. That's yeah, I'm going to... Am I up? Yep. Okay. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry because 
what he did down the stretch, putting himself into MVP considerations and single-handedly bringing Dan into the postseason, I I can't imagine that that is replicable. I want to believe that it's not replicable. I I mean, there's no reason for me to believe that this specimen of a of a person can't run through the league again, but I have to believe that he's not going to be putting up 25 points per game for more than half the season or whatever the hell it ended up being just something stupid. So I think a lot of Dan's success this season. I mean, I I think he's going to have success. He's going to have a really good year, but what's going to put him over the top and put him, you know, maybe he's the one seed. Maybe he's, going to you know be the favorite for the championship come that time uh it's going to ride on what derrick henry can do if he can if he can put up the numbers that he did last season again then yeah that's that's probably the best team in the league but we'll see we'll see how they use him we'll see how teams have adjusted to him and that offense and we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see dan <laughs> All right. Mine is going to be Saquon. Um, and I'm going to bring up the injury issues, even though I'm not going to label Saquon as an injury-prone guy. I wouldn't say that, but he was injured last year. And the reason I'm going to bring it up is because with the acquisition of Saquon, I feel like this entire offense, with the kind of lack of depth on the bench that we brought up rides on Saquon staying healthy. Like he's expecting superstar numbers out of Saquon, like McCaffrey level numbers. Um, If he pairs that just for this, we'll say Derrick Henry kind of puts up similar stats. If he pairs that with Derrick Henry, this team is going to put up just stupid numbers this year. Probably just walk towards the title, but if Saquon gets hurt and has just kind of a normal good year like he did last year, maybe misses a few games, that's where things move up a level. You got Derrick Henry. All of a sudden, you're depending on Kenyon Drake. Like It's not like a flex spot that you can just flex out for a wide receiver. All of a sudden, he's just in your second running back spot um, and permanently there unless you're starting Justin Jackson for whatever he does. So I think... At the top, it all starts with Saquon, and I feel like if he has another in-and-out year like last year, this could that depth could start to start to maybe kill him a little bit. So that's that's Max Factor maybe picking a little bit for the weaknesses, but that'll be Max Factor. Record also, predictions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start because I I want to bring up this point too because I forgot to, but this team is fully like. When when you look at his picks, like they are all invested into the team already. This team doesn't have a first or second round pick until 2023. Wow! So that's another thing to think of when yeah. thinking about this team for the year. This there's not a lot of trade bait with picks or on the bench, really. I mean, I guess he's got quarterbacks, so he can sell some people on the super flex. Sure. But for record predictions. Looks like his double-ups are Parker Carter and Mingo. 
I'm gonna give Dan ten ten wins. I'll go ten and four. Yeah, I'm going back and forth between ten and four and eleven and three. I'm wondering how this defense is gonna perform with everything he lost, but God, this offense is so good. No kicker. Yeah. I'm sure we'll figure <laughs> that out at some point. The big really the big question mark we haven't talked about, kicker. Um, but I think I'm going 10 and 4 too. I think there's, there's a few question marks at the back end that might cost him a few games, but it's he's going to win a lot of games. Yep. I I picked him at 9 and 5 initially in the season review, but I'm going to up that to 10 and 4 as well. I think there's enough enough here where we're not talking about a 12-win team or anything like that, but yeah, definitely double digits. All right. Well, that leaves one team. The defending champion of web. The moneymakers. We just got done talking about how scary Dan's team looks now. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about how scary my team still looks. How about that? <laughs> I'm ready. So I go out. I win this title, right? I have mm-hmm. this belt now. I'm looking at it right now. It's right over there. Feeling pretty good. And then one day I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to trade for Hopkins. So I added Nuke. So now I have Nuke. And uh, lost some pieces on the defense in expansion. But for the most part, I think uh kept my... My starting lineup intact, added Bobby Wagner, added Kevin Bayard, filled in those gaps. What do you guys think? I think your trade for Hopkins is one of my favorite big swing and dick web moves <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Just wins the title. First big name available on the market. In the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins, Mingo just swoops in. <laughs> Boom, DeAndre Hopkins pairs him with Michael Thomas. I, overall, I definitely like Dan's running back situation. Definitely in the future. Um, but I think yours can still keep up with him this year. Um, if Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook both kind of in the same situation they were in last year. A little bit worried about Aaron Jones. Not really this year, but next year. So as far as this year, I still think you can keep pace with Dan as far as the running backs. And then everywhere else, like Sean Watson's not that much of a drop-off from Mahomes. I think you got him pretty well handled with wide receivers at this point, especially with uh, got a few guys on the bench. I like Brandon Cooks should have a good year with Houston as the number one target. T. Higgins. Um, so overall, I mean, you still got Kelsey De- Oh, Devontae Parker in the flex spot. I almost missed that. <laughs> I just still think you're more complete than Dan when it comes to just the full squad. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's just, oh, it's looking at it. It's very, very good. Looking good. Um, and I guess, yeah, the questions, Aaron Jones, Probably not. That was probably his best season he'll ever have last season. But he's still going to put up good numbers, you got to think, even with him taking Dylan this season. Uh, Dalvin should put, if he stays healthy, he'll be very good. The receivers are stacked. Keenan, 
People always forget about him. He's getting a little older now, but he still should put up solid numbers. If Devontae Parker can keep up the pace he had at the end of the season, that's going to be trouble. Um, I guess the defensive side, you did lose a little bit. Um, I don't know. You still have one of the best DB DB cores. Um, Defensive line is getting a little old, but you freaking drafted Chase Young, so that's not a problem. <laughs> Linebackers were a little thin, so you went out and got Bobby Wagner. I guess the really only problem I have on your defense is what your IDP guy is going to be, the, the freebie, Grady Jarrett in there now. <laughs> I mean, if I'm really nitpicking, that's that's the weakness on this team is your last defensive player. Um and even then, you you got a bunch of upside guys like Logan Wilson, Jordan Brooks, Ashton Davis, like light flyers that could turn into something. So yeah, it's very good, very good team, good, lots of wins. Speaking of the yeah. speaking of the IDP player, I stole this from Josh. I noticed he had Darius Leonard in his IDP spot. I've in taking to what Josh is doing, I'm turning that into my defensive captain spot. Oh, okay. I like that. That. Well, that 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 raises raises some questions because is Grady yeah, Jarrett really the captain of this defense? <laughs> I, I hey, don't big piece this. for this team last season. Big piece. <laughs> You've had guys that have been here way longer, and they they're just gonna throw Grady Jarrett into that role. But yeah, <laughs> JJ Watt is pissed that he's a starting mm. defensive lineman right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess just remarks I want to make uh, like the running backs are obviously a question mark. I don't think that, you know, going into last season, we, I was very concerned about that RB two spot. We kind of talked about that. The, my web factor kind of shifted between who those guys would maybe be for my team. Um, and then Aaron Jones locked that down. And obviously like, this kind of season that he had last year with all the touchdowns, you can't really expect that kind of production. So I went out, I added some guys, you know, Mark Ingram, tried and true. He's still there. Mm-hmm. We'll see how, how the, the share works there in the backfield. But, um, and then Antonio Gibson, whatever, you know, he's getting buzz. If he ends up with that spot, that'd be nice, but whatever. Um, Tevin Coleman still San Fran, but uh, just try to kind of diversify and give myself options on the bench. But like Dan, it took my entire draft for the next two years to do that. I don't have any picks. I have a fourth next year, a third and a fourth the following year. I mean, it's, it's gone. So I'm, I'm full send traded Kareem hunt to get chase young this is what I am. I'm I'm going for a repeat, and if it doesn't work out, then I'm probably going to be in for a little bit of a ride. But, um, all right. Well, in in looking at this squad, um, who who is your web factor this year? Last year was like Aaron Jones, Damian Williams, running back mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh, what, what do we think? Yeah, Damian Williams when that was a thing <laughs> that I thought That's I was right. going to be relying on. Uh, hit or miss web I think, factor. I think you're first. Oh, I'm first. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna snatch up my pick because I'm I'm gonna go with my guy. I'm gonna go with Chase Young. Ah, you bastard. Ooh. 
We haven't picked an IDP yet, and I think wow. that there's some guys on my offense that you know they're gonna either be really good or they're gonna regress. Devonte Parker esque type people, but I think Chase Young is the player that if he comes out and puts his name on the league and takes over and becomes the next great pass rusher in the NFL, like everybody thinks, then that is going to be huge for my team because going out, trading for him, bringing him in, like I, I was, I was essentially saying like, I feel like I might be a chase young away from being the best team in the league. I wanted that spot every single spot to be filled in by a great player. And I saw my defensive line kind of aging. I mean, I've had these guys since the very beginning, Watt and Jordan. So, you know, they hold a special place in my heart, but Chase Young is the future for that group. And if he can come out right away and, you know, have that season, have that, you know, 12 or more sack season and just fucking take over, then I think that's gonna that's gonna be huge for my for my team. So I'm gonna go Chase Young. All right, I'm gonna do a redundant 2019 one. I'm picking Aaron Jones again, and I don't even think not just a web factor for 2020, but for the duration of the Mingle Reign entirely. If Aaron Jones can go out this year and prove to the Packers that hey. You shouldn't have drafted AJ Dillon. Fuck you. I'm the best. Sign me in an extension. <laughs> and they do. That solidifies this starting lineup for the next at least three years um, with what he's got in place right now. The only possible hole you could see right now is that RB2 spot that could, the only possible hole that could really hurt him is that RB2 spot. Um, and if Aaron Jones goes out and proves that he's a superstar running back like he did last year and convinces the Packers to be like, hey, you need to make me a part of your offense and do exactly with me what you did last year. And if that's like a steady thing that Mingo can have in his lineup um, for the next two, three years, that's going to turn this Mingo team into a dynasty, I think. Yeah, that sounds yeah, nice. <laughs> I'm going to go with your heart, your soul, Devontae Parker. Um, came on the scene big time last year. Uh, had a huge second half. I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of reaching here because like, a lot of these guys are already proven that they are, they, are, they are stars in this league. But I feel like Devontae, he finally had that season, but you never know. Is it a one-year wonder? You can, you can look at the numbers – they, his numbers got inflated after Preston Williams got hurt. So I don't know. Preston comes back and maybe takes a little bit of a dip in production. I uh, don't really know. I'm assuming Tannehill is going to be starting for for a little bit this season. And you don't know if Tua is going to pop in at some point. So I think Devontae still in for a really good season. It's just, is he going to solidify himself as one of the top receivers in the league? Is he going to sort of just stay at this say it like a wide receiver too um there in miami so interested to see how he performs and if he good, play what he did at the end of the season the good news for Devonte is that i only need him to be my flex player exactly that's why because like, <laughs> i'm i i will admit that like i i you know i am i weep 
weekly about what happened last season. I just like think about that Devonte Parker actually was good and won me playoff games, and I just start crying. But you know, I don't know if that's necessarily a sign of things to come or collection of uh, certain circumstances. But it is what it is, and that is the Big Five wrapped up. No, we didn't do records again. I forgot records again. <laughs> well, record predictions for this Mingo squad, 11 and three last season. I got you holding up Dan for at least one more year, 11 and three again. 11 and three, maybe back to back championships. Yeah. He's the favorite. I'll say 11 and three. I was going to get weird and say like 12 and two, but no web web's fucked up. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <Web's> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's it. That's the big five. That was a long show, but Ooh. I truly hope that you were as excited to hear all of that as we were to talk about it, because it has been quite a while. It felt really good to kind of dive in on these teams and, and see what they're made of as we head into our, our first season of the expansion era. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of steam to blow off. It's been a while since we just strictly talked about the rosters. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to do it all over again with the pack five. So (laughs) stay tuned for that. Four hours of strictly web. That's That's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed. Glad to be back talking about everybody's teams. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how wrong we were. And we will catch you in the next one for the pack five preview. Should we make it a great week? Let's make it a great week. (laughs) 